No, I'm not singing song. I'm just moving it. <laughs> yeah, that's why I can follow somebody. If I was to do it on my own, I'd be loud, proud, and flat and out of time. <laughs> Take your Bible this morning and turn to Psalms chapter 42. Psalms chapter 42. I got a more than the title of my sermon is the soul of a Christian, but it's basically, I got four points of what a Christian soul should be. So many times in everything that we do, we get caught up in what's going on and we forget what God is to us. You know, it's amazing. I, I'll, I'll meet people and, you know, they'll talk about how they love the Lord, but then their lifestyle does not show it. And here the, the psalmist as he 
he is here and he, it, it's to the chief musician. So it was a song to be sung and it's the 42nd Psalm. And he starts off, he says, as heart panteth after water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my meat day and night. Will they continually say unto me, where is thy God? When I remember these things, I pour out my soul in me and I've gone with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God with a voice of joy and praise with a multitude that kept holy day. Why are thou cast down, O my soul? Why are thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. O my God, my soul is cast down within me. Wherefore I will remember thee from the land of Jordan, from the Hemorites, and from the hills of Mazar. Deep calleth unto deep at the noise of thy water spouts, and all thy waves, thy billows are gone over me. Yet the Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime, and in the night his song shall be with me in my prayer unto the God of my life. I will say unto God my rock, Why hast thou forsaken me or forgotten me? Why go I mourning because of the oppression of thy enemies? As with a sword in my bones, my enemies reproach me. They say daily unto me, Where is thy God? Why are thou cast down, O my soul? Why are thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God. I want to look at this psalm this morning. We're going to take four different looks at it. What a Christian soul should be, because when you look at this, this, this psalmist, is, he's going through an awful lot. Just like us, he's facing problems. He's facing heartaches. He's, he's got enemies who are after him. And he, he's got people questioning his faith. And, I mean, where is your God in all this? And You know, that's why people look. Where's your God? How can you stay true to God? How can you, you focus on him when all these bad things are happening? And, and I want us to look at the first one. And there's four different pictures here. And, and the first one is it's a picture of a thirsty soul. And so in the verses one and two is the heart panteth after water and my, my soul thirsts for God. And you think, you know, what is it that you thirst for? Because that's what defines you. That's what that's what you 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 pattern your life after. You know, your thirst is what you desire to be or desire to have, and that's how you you work after it day after day. You, you ever, you ever just, I, I thought of it like this the other day, I wanted something to eat real bad. And that's the only thing I focused on all day long until that night. And I still didn't get what I wanted. And I said, but boy, I, was, I, I thought about it and I figured it all out. It didn't work out that way because it's not what we had. It's not what, 
Julie intended for me to have. And, and, and so I, I didn't have what I wanted. I got thinking there's a lot of people who are thirsting after the wrong things in their life. They thirst after power or, or money or, or I even know a pe few people who it, it's health. That's all they talk about is my health, my health, my health. And I said, you know, when it's strange how people will, will lose everything to gain something that's not really important. You know, as Jesus said in Mark chapter 8, 36, he says, What shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? See, and the problem is a lot of people were focusing and were thirsting for the wrong thing. The psalmist says, like as a, as a deer is desiring to drink the water, and as his soul is like that, he thirsts to be with God. That ought to be what it is. Our whole life ought to be after, after what we're thirsting for. You know, you ever think about it? Why, why do people, though, do this? Why do they thirst after the wrong thing? It's because it's what's in their heart is what causes them to do it. Whatever your heart is attached to is well doing. In Mark chapter 7, verse 20 through 23, Jesus said this, and he said, That which come out of the man that defileth a man, the man, from within, out of the heart of man proceedeth evil thoughts, adulteries, fornication, murders, theft, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lavishness, and evil eye, blasphemy. Pride, foolishness, all these things come from within and defile a man. See, if your heart's not right, then what you're thirsting after is not going to be right. Because whatever's in here is what you desire. And if it's all about you, which it seems to be more people are like that, it, 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 it focuses on that. You, you, you know, uh, I, I, I was talking with somebody one day and they asked my opinion on a relationship they were going in. I said, well, let me ask you a question. Have you looked at their Facebook page? And, and they said, why is that? I said, just let's pull it up right quick. And so we did. And every picture was a selfie. Every one of them. I, they, they said, well, well, what's the matter with that? I said, this person thinks of themselves an awful lot. They think they're beautiful. So you've got to realize that's going to be their desire. Yeah, because I, I know the person that's talking about, that person had, had all kind of things and, and did all kind of hobbies, but every one of them you just saw a picture of. You know, of him holding up the camera. And I'm like, so see it. That's what you've got to think about. Are you desiring what God wants for you? Or are you desiring what you want for you? Have you prayed about it? Well, yeah. I like that. Yeah. And so you know, no. You told God about it, but you haven't prayed about it. See, the way a lot of people approach the things in the life they desire is they tell God, this is what I want. So bless it, God. Make it come true. See, but God knows you. He knows everything about you. 
knows you to the number of hairs on, that you've had on your head. He knows everything about you, and, and he knows what's right for you. So it's better to find out what's right for you from God than try to say, God, this is what's right for me, because he knows what you need. And, and if we would do that, if we would have our heart tuned to his will, then I believe the thirst we have would be true. We would desire more of God. You know, have you desired to be closer to God? Have you desired to have more of a relationship with him? Or has it been more about you? Because we're all guilty uh, uh, of the me syndrome, but when it becomes more me than anything, we look at the wrong thing. Look at what the psalmist said. He said, he said his desire was to come and appear before the Lord. Look at verse 2 as he said, My soul thirsts is for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? You ever thought about that? That's a strong desire. Because when you think about standing before God, everything you've ever done is probably going to come to mind. You're going to be saying, oh, me. You'll be like Isaiah. I'm a man of unclean lips. I'd rather be like Moses was in Exodus chapter 33, verse 18, when he says, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. You know, that's the kind of desire I want to have, where I want to see God at work in everything I do. Have you ever thought about Moses as he, as he goes up on that mountain? Could you imagine coming face to face there with, with God? Well, not really face to face. He just got to see the backside. But coming that close to the presence of God that your face shines so that people can't even look upon you. Man, wouldn't that be awesome if God shows so much in you that it, you don't care what everybody else thinks. You're just glad you're close to God. That's the kind of thirst we ought to have. It, it, it ought to be one that we should have. But the thing about it is, a lot of us, so there's more people instead of having a thirsty soul, we have a tearful soul. Look at verses 3 and 4 of Psalms 42. He says, my tears have been my meat day and night. They continually say unto me, where is that God? When I remember these things, I pour out my soul in me, for it had gone with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God and with the voice of joy and praise with a multitude that kept my day holy. So, you know, when, when people doubt God, what's your reaction? How do you act? I, I, as I read this, I first year I thought, I said, well, he, he's got a problem he's going through. But then I got to think, I said, you know, probably one of the biggest things he was facing that really upset me. Why does everybody keep saying, where's your God? Where's your God? You know, one thing, Christian, you you got to realize that when you go through problems and you've gotten out there and you say, I thirsted for the living soul of God and you, you've lived that life in front of people, something bad happens. People say, you God now. He's beating. He's right there with me. You know, how do you, does it, it ought to bother us 
that people wonder where God is now. That people live like there is no God. You know, do, 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 you, do you look at, do you pray in 22.10 where he said, he, he, he said, God said, surely I come quickly. And he said, even so, Lord, come quickly. Do we pray for God to come? Two psalms in this thirsting, he desired. We look around, we see this sin-sick world, how bad it is. Lord, come back soon. Come back today. Come back before the service is over. You say, oh, what about my crock pot? What about the cock? We don't have to worry about that no more. Pray that he comes back. You know, you know, the thing is, if you pray that, you say, Lord, come back. How are you doing today about it? You know, what are you going to do if he did, you know, you think, how do you act about him coming back? About people not believing you? Hebrews 13, 16 says this, but to do good and to communicate, forget not. For with such sacrifice is God well pleased. Now he told us to, that we should do good. Do you live a life that's pleasing to God? But then he didn't just say that. He didn't just stop there. He said and communicate. So he's telling us that we're supposed to not only walk it, but we're supposed to talk it. We're supposed to tell people about it. It, it, it ought to bother us in the world out in and see how things have turned I mean the world's getting worse and worse day by day as a child of God it ought to almost make us cry saying God what's going on why, why is things like they are I mean I don't know about y'all I hate to turn on the news it makes me sick to see the things and you're like people wake up it's right there in front of you can't you see the truth but they don't want to see the truth. The world put blinders on, but the blinders aren't to keep them focused straight ahead. They put them in front of their face so they can't see nothing. They just catch glimpses of the truth out to the side. We ought to be living so that when people see us, we have a testimony that speaks of the Lord. You ever listen to what Jesus said we are? In Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 and 14, listen to this. If you do not hear anything else, listen to this. He said this. He said, ye are the salt of the earth. You're the salt of the earth. You're here for a reason. The salt gives things flavor. It preserves. It, it makes it better. But listen to the next part on there. He said, but if the salt has lost its savor, wherefore shall it be salted? What good is salt if it doesn't taste like salt? How many of you have ever had to go on a salt-free diet? That's just not of God. I opened up a bag of potato chips that was salt-free. I ate the wrapper, threw the chips away. It was horrible. And then I remember when they first come out with a salt substitute. Exactly, gross. 
There was no, I don't know what that stuff was. I think all it did was make you not want to eat what you put on. And I thought, I said, you can't replace the salt. You can't change it. You know, you think beans without salt are horrible. Food without salt is horrible. We're here because God had a reason. And he said, don't lose your flavor. Don't lose what makes you important because I put you here to give the world something. Do not lose what you have. Don't lose what's in your heart. Don't let the world rob you of your joy. Don't let the world take away from you because you don't fit in. Because let me tell you, if you're a child of God, you're not going to fit in. If you try to act like the world, you still ain't going to fit in because you ain't going to be happy. Because listen to what he said. He says, when the salt loses its flavor, it is there, this forth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under the foot of men. You're not worth anything if you're not standing for the Lord. Then he says, you are the light of the world. Do you know what that means? If you're a child of God and you've told people you're a Christian, you're the light. You know, he goes on in the next verse to tell you you can't hide it under a bushel. You can't hide the light. He said, you're like a city that's set on a hill. You can't be hid. When you're a child of God, you're there to give the world flavor. You're there to show the world what it's like to live for God and people are going to watch you. So if when bad things happen and people say, where's your God? And you're going through something horrible, you say, he's right here with me. I know it's been rough, but guess what? I know I've shed tears, but guess what? My God's never left me. He's never forsaken me. He is always with me. He comforts me when I'm down. He picks me up, puts me up on a firm foundation. He's with me in everything that I do. You, you know, you know we, we, try, we try to hide our light sometimes. and we, 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 we forget what we're supposed to do. We need to remember. We need to be zealous, as God said. Titus said this. Uh, Paul said to Titus in chapter 2, verse 14, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. So we need to remember who we are. God gave himself for us. Then I look at my life, I said, Lord, why would you do that? I'm not worth anything. I make more mistakes than I do good things. But he loves me. He died on the cross for me, for you. And all the petty little stupid things we do, he still loves us. He says, I want you to be different. I want people to look at you and say, I want what they got. They, 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 they smile all the time. You ever notice that about a child of God? They smile all the time. They just stand there smiling. What are you smiling about? I know where I'm going. Amen. I got a secret. You want to know hear my secret? I belong to Jesus. And I'm going to heaven one day. And you know what? He forgives me. He, he, he loves me. He blesses me. They say, well, you ain't got nothing. You know what? But I'm glad of what I got. Amen? I don't, I don't have to, to try to 
get the wrong things. I know where the Lord is. Now, I want look, look, look what he said in verse 4. Look at the attitude that he had. He says, I went with them to the house of God. Woo, I like it. I went to church. Amen. And then listen to what he said when he got there. He said, with the voice of joy and praise, with a multitude that kept the holy day. So he said, I went with a bunch of Christians who were excited to be there. That, that word, that word joy in Hebrew is renal. And, and it means gladness and singing. So I went with gladness and I sung about it. I got excited. And like I said, it don't matter if you can't carry a tune in a bucket. If you like me, you flat. And if ain't somebody standing beside you, you can't keep time. That don't matter as long as you're doing it with gladness. Julie was telling me at work the other day, she said she had to clean her room because those kids out with COVID. So they had her in there cleaning it. She turned up some praise music, got to singing along. They've got a camera in her room. So bless the heart of the girl that was watching it. She come upstairs and Julie says, I sing it loud. I said, it loud, proud, and all key amen just go for it baby amen so that's what you ought to do every once in a while don't matter say well i can't sing i don't care lord don't care just sing loud amen yeah you ought to drown us out up here you, you need to really try amen and just enjoy what you're doing sing it with with gladness now that other word for praise is to doll, and it means adoration. It's a sacrifice of praise. When you come to God's house, you ought to be ready to praise Him. You say, well, preacher, I got a burden on my shoulder. Well, then don't stop at the door. Come on down to the altar. Take care of business. Get up, shout, and say, I know my God is real, and He's in this place. Amen. And get excited about it. And be like them. And realize you in a house full of people, you might be the one who needs to set the spark to get everybody else excited every once in a while. You know, I think that's the problem with us sometimes. We come in and we're supposed to give reverence to God, but I think he wants to know if you got a pulse or not. And he wants to see if you're still alive or not. You can raise your hand every once in a while. You can actually say amen every once in a while. You can reach over and elbow that person beside you and say, wake up. And when they shout because they're asleep, Hey, don't worry about it. Every once in a while, we ought to get excited about it and, and do it. And then, you know, at that turn, if you come to church and you say, Lord, I'm coming and I'm ready for a blessing. I want to see somebody get right with the Lord. If nobody else does, I will. Amen. And we'll get excited together. But look, I want to share the next thing. The next thing the psalmist shows us here is not only was he happy to come to the house, but he had a transparent soul. In verses 6 and 7 and in, in 9 and 10, he talks about, he said, Lord, he said, even though I went, but I was still cast down. Even though I shouted, I was still upset. He was willing to come to the Lord and tell him what his problems was. You know what the problem with a lot of us is? It, we, we, we're too afraid that somebody might think your problem ain't none. Don't worry about what everybody else thinks. Worry about what God thinks. You, you, you think about it. transparent soul is somebody who knows they need God. Jesus gave us this Christian. Listen to Matthew chapter 5, verses 3 through 11. Listen to what he said. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. 
Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Ooh, then he gets into something nobody wants to hear. He said, blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when men shall revile you, persecute you, and say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. See, Jesus just described the church. He said, there's going to be people that's going to come in. He said, they're going to be humble. He said, but let me tell you, they're going to be blessed. There's going to be people that's going through a problem in their morning. Their hearts are, 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 are hit. And he said, you come to the house to be comforted. He's going to say, when you come in, be humble. And when you come in, be humble. You're going to inherit all kinds of things. And then he says, be merciful. If you come in, you say, Lord, I'm there to be for somebody else. It might not be me today. Maybe what you need to come into the house, Lord, Lord, say everything's fine between me and you. I'm not going through nothing too hard. But I'm going to pray because I know somebody in my house that's coming here today that's going to need a little help. So, Lord, I'm going to lift them up because I know that's what they need. I don't know who it is. I don't know what's going on, but I'm here to pray for them. I'm going to stand in the gap for them. I'm going to get excited for them because maybe they got too much of a burden. If I have to, Lord, you lead them to me. Let me give them a hug. Tell them I love them and I'm praying for them. But Lord, I'm here for them. You know, maybe if we come in with the attitudes that we ought to have, maybe we'd be a little more. Maybe if you come in with be pure of heart, you say, well, preacher, how do you do that? Some of us wait till Sunday to come up and talk to God and tell them what we've been doing all week. You ought to do it every day, amen. Wake up, maybe right before you go to bed, say, Lord, hey, I messed up. You Ooh, if you do that Saturday night, come in the house, Lord, be ready to praise. We actually might have revival here, amen. You ain't got nothing else to pray for, pray for me. I need it. Pray that I get excited every once in a while. Pray the Lord gives me a message. You know what I'm the horrible thing to do? Be on Saturday, be going, Lord, I ain't got a message yet. Woo, what am I going to do? I was there yesterday. I'll go ahead and that's what I'll tell you. That's what happened. Woo, what am I going to do, Lord? Yeah, here, here's, here's what my wife always tells me. She says, wait, well, he prayed about it. Don't know. <laughs> Boy, ain't that amazing how God speaks to you sometimes? Amen. Woo! Let me tell you. You have a transparent soul. You're willing to accept what God shows you. You know, the thing about it is, nobody likes to look in the mirror. Does anybody like to look in the mirror? I don't. I don't like to see that old guy standing there anymore. But i tell you one thing. I, what you need to do is quit looking in the mirror and start looking at the one who you're in the image of. Put your trust in him. You know, there, when, when you go through trials and tribulations, you... We, we, we need to do like the psalmist said, as David said in Psalms 56 in verse 3 and 4, he says, What time I was afraid, I will trust in thee. In God will I praise his word. In God I have put my trust. I will not fear what the flesh can do unto me. See, David figured it out. He said, Lord, you're the one that's in charge. This, this old body ain't nothing. There ain't nothing here that can harm me. It's if I put my trust in you. 
Psalms 20 verse 7 tells us some put their, their trust in chariots, some in horses. But we will remember the name of the Lord our God. What are you putting your trust in today? What are you, what are you showing today? And see, that leads me to the last one, and it's a trusting soul. See, a true child of God is a trusting soul. Because you, you think about this. As, as David said, the Lord is my shepherd. You, you know, if, you, if Jesus is going to be your shepherd, you've got to trust the shepherd. You realize he's going to take you to where you need to go. When you're in the, facing the enemies, don't worry, the shepherd's there. When you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, don't worry, the shepherd's there. Put your trust in him. You know, if, if you say you're a Christian, he's your shepherd, why are you trying to get through life on your own? Why are you trying to do it except letting the shepherd lead and guide you? You know, I sometimes wonder if, if, if what happens to a lot of people, it, it's when did you really ask and put your life in his hands? You know, when you're not saved and you put your life in your, his hand, you learn to trust him. When you, you realize you couldn't get to heaven on your own you, and you, you ask him to come and save you. And boy, I tell you, I, I think that's the greatest thing in the world that could happen to you. When I, I realized that I couldn't get to heaven, I wasn't nothing. He died on the cross for me. I asked him to come in my heart and save me. I prayed, Lord, I know I'm a sinner. Forgive me. Come into my life and save me. Make me a new creature. And when he did, boy, it was awesome. But you ever notice that sometimes during our walk as a Christian, we quit trusting the shepherd. We start thinking we know better. You ever seen a sheep who, who, who would go out on his own? Shepherd don't let him go for long. A lot of times he's watching them. When they get too far, he goes and gets them. He'll leave everybody else behind. Some of you he's trying to get. Some of you, you're, you're, you're not doing what he's telling you to do. I want to share a verse with you. Acts chapter 3, verse 19. It says, repent ye therefore, and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the time of the refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. If you're really thirsting for God, some of us need to do that. You say, well, well preacher, what, what? I don't understand it, verse. Let me tell you what converted means. It means reverted or turn around or return to. So that verse could say repent. Hey, you repent. And turn around so that your sins are, that hounded you won't be controlling you anymore. See, what's bad is a Christian will get out in the world and our sins will control us instead of the Holy Spirit because we're, we're rebelling against God. Because there's coming a day that he's coming. Let me ask you, if he came this afternoon, would you be ready? If he came this morning, would you be ready? Matthew 24, verses 42 through 44, Jesus said this. He said, watch therefore, for you know not what the hour the Lord doth come. But know this, if the good man of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched 
that will not suffer his house to be broken up. Therefore be ready for such a the Son of Man come. Are you ready this morning? What kind of soul do you have? Every eye closed. Heavenly Father, Lord, as we come to you this morning, Father, I know that it's easy to get distracted and quit thirsting for you. Lord, we live in a world today that gives misinformation out just left and right. And people will sometimes take their eyes off you. Lord, instead of drinking from the cool, clear water of salvation, we'll drink from a mud puddle. Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that you help us to have the right thirst. Lord, that you help us to, to see the truth of our Lord, many of us just need to take time and say, Lord, I'm sorry. I put other things in my life ahead of you. Lord, I, I, it, I don't know where it happened, but Lord, forgive me. Father, just like the prodigal son, I know you're there waiting for us. So Lord, during this invitation, have your way. If there's somebody here that's not where they need to be, let them come to you. If there's somebody that doesn't know you, Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that the day will be the day. Lord, maybe there's just somebody that needs to pray for somebody else to help them through their burdens. They're okay and they know it. But they're here to stand in the gap. Give them the strength to do it. Have your way in this invitation. In the Lord's name I pray. Amen. As you stand to your feet, we're going to sing page. 109. 109. As we sing, the altar is open. draw us closer to you. Lord, as we leave this place, Lord, I pray that we can have a thirst for you. Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray right now. I know there's there's people that's going through battles, but Lord, they, they've taken their eyes off you, so maybe they need to remember just who you are. So Father, as we sing this song, draw us closer. Thank you for all that you do. Lord, again, we lift the sick up and we ask you to be with them. But Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that you just fill us as we leave with your wonderful spirit. In the Lord's name I pray, amen.
Oh,